0: Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits. Folks, September, it's already September. It brings the start of football season, but also um, for Leap Spirits and the Green Bay Packers. Um, We've got a special reason to celebrate. Last month, Leroy Butler was enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame.
1: Dane, to commemorate the special occasion and gear up for football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest Corn, incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides a vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only is it a must-have in any Packers fan's home bars as we gear up for football season when it's gone, the bottle will make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection.
0: Wags, Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and has recently awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. So, folks, to find Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in a retail store or restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit leapspirits.com and click to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details.
1: I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go and show with no mercy cut and no slack. No, I ain't a best sport, and I'll even wish it good luck. Only thing I will. Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane, unfortunately on the heels of a week one loss for the Packers to the Vikings, but other than that, Dane, how are you doing this evening?
0: I'm doing all right, Wags. I mean, yesterday was a mess. We'll get into it. You know, fall is here. There's a lot more football to be played, so, um, you know down a little bit, but certainly not out. We're just getting started in fall season. We're going to learn pretty quick about what type of Green Day Packers team we have on our hands in 2022.
1: Absolutely. So, Dan, I think, um, you know, it just didn't start out right yesterday. You had that feeling suited up to play yesterday. And certainly, I don't think that's the only reason or even the reason why the Packers uh, didn't go out there and execute and, and play as well as they should have, but seemed to set the tone. Uh, it, don't you think? Uh, it just didn't seem like uh, they came out and, and were really on top of their game uh, right off the bat. The Vikings looked sharp. The Packers did not. They That led uh, right off the bat. Uh, Vikings go down, score 7 nothing. Packers uh, don't have a very crisp opening series. After a should have been seven points uh, after a long drop from Christian Watson, but just seemed to take the ear out of anything the Packers were trying to do.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's becoming a trend, right? Um, we've seen, um, I, and I'm a huge Matt Lafleur fan, um, but let's state the obvious. We've seen a trend lately where Packers come out a little flat last year, got absolutely destroyed against the new Orleans saints. Uh, in week one this year, the Packers, frankly, just came out flat yet again. And I think the bigger trend, my bigger concern isn't a loss week one. Of course, you don't want to lose, uh, especially to a division rival. But my bigger concern is every time the Packers seem to get you know punched in the jaw, uh, there doesn't seem to be the um, punch back. Um, they get out to a hot lead. That's one thing. They can play. They, they play great from ahead. Uh, but once in a while, if they start out you know, a little flat, they don't seem to have that gear to get back into. And that's been a consistent issue we've seen in the Matt Lafleur era. I'm not sure I have a, a, an answer to that right now. But damn, I'm frustrated this morning because I, I don't know if you're not excited for week one, uh, You know, the afternoon game against your division rival. I'm not sure what we're doing here. And that's my bigger frustration is they just didn't seem, especially in the second half, like they really wanted to be there. I recall one play where uh, the line got blown off on the defensive side by five yards in the second half. And that's when I said, well, this game's over. You know, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there. So I'm just frustrated across the board. I don't want to make this into a, a crying fest, but that's just not how you want to start the season. I don't care who you're playing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the effort seemed to be there for most of the game. I, I I don't know if I completely agree with you. I certainly think there were moments where they could have perhaps folded a little bit more than they even did. So if anything, I'm going to go slightly the opposite direction and say three years ago, this defense would have probably given up 40 uh, uh, based on how things were going yesterday. So the fact that they went out in second half and held the Vikings to six points, uh, I thought showed some real grit and fight. Um, but you're right. In general, the theme is they were never really completely out of this game for as poorly as no. they played in the first half. Uh, you know, all, we're sitting there. We've, we've had that story time and time again. And it seems like that script in, in the scoreboard, one more touchdown, anytime late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And we're right. We're suddenly right back in this game, day. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing to think about. Uh, but We see teams come back, heck, all over the league yesterday. Teams came back from uh, 15, 20 points down uh, in the second half and and were able to uh, really tighten things up at the end. It didn't seem like there was that sense of urgency. And that's why I highlighted from the top the fact that we didn't see Jenkins out there. We didn't see Bakhtiari out there. And I'm not trying to single those guys out. I know that they're coming back from injuries. But – it just seems to permeate itself, doesn't it? In that lack of urgency that you're talking about. And uh, when the chips are down and the Packers get down, uh, they don't seem to have that urgency to be able to uh, flip the switch and get back into things. And quite honestly, yesterday may have been the perfect opportunity to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, Really, Wags, going off of what you said, I mean, this is a game of missed opportunities from the Packers, and and that's what's frustrating. And maybe that's the sign of optimism, too, by the way, is as bad as they looked yesterday, you know, Christian uh, Watson makes that catch early in the game. Look out if the Packers are able to convert on fourth down and get in the end zone um, with, you know, that A.J. Dillon run. Look out at any point in this game. It could look a lot different, even though the Packers looked like they had absolutely no answers for Jefferson. The game gets completely different very quickly. Um, but, you know, you miss opportunities in the NFL. It's a game of inches. You're not going to be able to put a team away. And the Packers playing from behind. It just, you know, it wasn't in the cards. Um, so now we need to look, I think, take a good look. I think the Packers do in the mirror. And then make sure that they're not coming out flat again in week two because, Uh, they're playing Chicago Bears team that just surprised the league and beat San Francisco yesterday. So, you know, it doesn't get easier in the NFL. It just doesn't.
1: Yeah, um, we'll certainly not going to get too much into that today. We'll have a preview episode of the Bears on Thursday night, Packers back home in Lambeau for Sunday night football. But uh, yeah, Dana, it is interesting when you you really start to break things down. it's, It's a cliche, but most games come down to three five plays, aside yeah. from the blowouts. Uh, but uh, even though sometimes <laughs> things just can kind of tilt and get out of hand. Uh, we're not playing golf, though. There's no <laughs> mulligans. Each and every week, there can be three to five plays that you can point right. to. It's going to be three to five different plays. So while I completely agree with you, in in a way, you play that game ten times. I think it's probably a, a field goal game seven or eight of those times, Uh, because, yeah, uh, that's a catch that no excuses. Christian Watson made a great release. He beat his man off the line. Credit where credit's due. Ball hit him right in the breadbasket. There was nothing difficult about that catch. Like, it was literally a perfect throw. Hit him in stride. He doesn't even have to extend his arm stain, and that's that's a touchdown. Uh, right off the bat and and then you said it uh, not only the fourth and one uh, at down at the goal line at the end of the game I know it's a hope and a prayer but the reality is they're over two on fourth and ones in this Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. and even if they get the one at the end of the game I I, you know for all intents the game pretty much over at that point I I understand that Uh, but fourth and ones uh, they still would have had to go down and score a touchdown so that's not a foregone conclusion but you know fourth and ones you those are plays that's it's not really a coin flip it's it's not exactly like a 90% chance you're <laughs> going to convert those i get it but you really would hope that Packers would be able to be a little bit more efficient in those situations as well. And we're not even mentioning the fact that Aaron Rodgers turned the ball over twice yesterday, and that almost never happens as well. Um, Even with those turnovers, uh, they easily could have been uh, right in this game at the end. Uh, So I know that's a little bit of, you know, class um, half full and you sit there and say, play the what if game, you can do that every week. But uh, the reality is, is is despite some of the, you know, discouraging plays, I think that we saw and not really having that fight to at least make it interesting at the end. Um, like I said, I, I think that the effort for the most part was there considering they just didn't have it. Um, so I'm glad that it wasn't 38 to three. Yeah, <laughs> Is that fair that's to fair. say as well?
0: Yeah, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. And I, I'll tell you what, Wiggs, um, while we were watching the game, I thought about something that you actually said on a, a previous podcast, just probably sometime in August. Um, you know, all this talk, all offseason about the wide receiver position. And I, I remember you specifically saying on this podcast, wide receiver doesn't worry me. That offensive line, though, I'm a little worried. We got to make sure we've got the right five guys in there. You said something along those lines, and you were a prophet. I mean, looking at yesterday, the White House, I mean, Christian Watson, you're right. He dropped that ball, but dude, listen, he did all the hard stuff. He's going to catch more of those than he drops going forward. I'm not worried about Christian Watson. I'm just not. What I am worried about is that right side of the offensive line protecting our franchise and Aaron Rodgers. So what did you see yesterday? Uh, Because I thought that that was the glaring hole of the offense. The the wide receivers are going to get the blame. But Rodgers had no time. He was not comfortable. And that right side was collapsing all game long on Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, certainly that was a point that the Vikings were able to exploit. Um, listen, they've got some really good pass rushers on that defense. So let's not take anything away from the Vikings. Uh, but they have Packers have to figure that out in a hurry. And if we're gonna be going week to week here with with Bakhtiari and Jenkins, right. and then who knows if we're gonna stay healthy, even if they come back and when, uh, which they should, but it's it's not going to be an easy answer. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see Zach Tom out there earlier than we did. I know he mm-hmm. went in there to replace John Runyon Jr. when he got injured. Um, but I, I think that might be a move that we'll see in a week or two, if not already by, by this coming week. Um, you've let, you've been singing Zach Tom's praises all camped and yeah. he's been playing really well. Um, he didn't have a perfect game yesterday when he went in there, but uh, one of the first plays, uh, he was lead blocking when Aaron Jones had a sp- spr- sprung for what that 28 yard run. And you know that it takes a five to, to be able to have a run like that. but I don't think it was a coincidence and it's something that Tom has been doing all preseason so uh we saw a couple of years ago elton jenkins was not the starter week one and by week two or three he was out there and the rest is history he locked down that spot i think zach tom when all is said and done is probably going to be one of the, the top five guys even mm-hmm. when elton jenkins and david Bakhtiari hopefully come back and sooner than later uh, so i think that's one certainly you don't want to overreact. Um, you know, I thought Yash Nyman did decent. It wasn't his best game. I think he'll be the first one to tell you about that. I thought, uh, actually, I thought um, uh, Josh Myers had a, a pretty solid game. Uh, so he was the one guy uh, at center that I think he played pretty well overall. Um, everyone else was a little bit uneven. But, yeah, that right side, um, I think uh, personnel-wise, if it's not Zach Tom, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they just not, they need to play better. Yeah. Whoever's out there, they understand that. Uh, but is uh, Newman, is tackle his spot? I, I don't Thank think so. Thank
0: you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I think Royce can play in the league. He's a guard. He's not a right tackle in the NFL. That's just point blank. And we're not overreacting, I don't think. I just, we've seen it in camp. We're seeing it now. I think he's a better guard long-term. That's what he's going to be able to play at at this league.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see they don't have a ton of flexibility as long as Jenkins and Bakhtiari are out and we'll see what the extent of John Runyon Jr.'s injury is if he's going to be out for a, a while here or if he's going to be ready to pay back in there but um so they're just going to have to get better play from I think those guys but maybe it's Tom at right tackle next week yes. I, I don't know if if it, hopefully John Runyon is healthy enough to go because that Perhaps is what they shift to. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see. But um, clearly what they got out of the offensive line yesterday isn't good enough. Uh, They opened up some holes in the run game, but uh, realistically, you said it, you've got to find a way to protect your franchise. And they just weren't able to do a good enough job of that yesterday.
0: Yeah, and Weggs, we've got a lot of really good questions coming into the chat. Um, I'll say, um, Velton Jenkins can't go. Uh, my my dream scenario without Bach and Jenkins in is left to right is going to be Yash. It's going to be Runyon. It's going to be Myers. It's going to be Royce Newman at right guard and then Zach Tom at right tackle. I think that that's the best five personally without Jenkins and Bach, but we'll see what the Packers decide to do. Um, you'd mentioned Aaron Jones, and then I want to get to some of these questions before our commercial break legs, but, um, because so folks hang on because we want to answer these, but, um, you mentioned Aaron Jones. Criminal, criminally low amount of touches. What's your what's your take on that offensively? Because I just, I don't understand that at all. I, I, I don't either. Uh, coach LaFleur, no. I know he's going to take
1: responsibility after a loss. That's his MO. That's what he does. But, good for him. You know, he said, we've got to find a way to get on the ball more. Well, coach, you're the one calling the plays so what's the deal with the game plan? Uh, We said going into the game, this is going to be a heavy Aaron Jones week. (laughs) And there was nothing that happened out there on the field. That leads me to think that it shouldn't have been. And that they just, for whatever reason, I look, I know they were playing from behind. I get it, but it's not like they were four touchdowns down in in late in the third quarter. And had to throw the whole playbook out there. It's They just didn't get him the ball. It it really makes no sense. He was efficient running, uh, averaged almost 10 yards a carry, uh, only three receptions. Uh, Every time they got him the ball out in the flat, he was basically picking up 7 to 10 yards. So uh, that really just makes no sense to me. I I don't understand. I I, I guess all I can think of is that they just missed on a couple of the possessions in the first half. So that's going to limit the number of touches that he's going to get he only had five touches in the first half but then only three the rest of the game so i i don't have an answer for that dane i i really don't get that at all um aaron jones should have 15 to 20 touches every week i don't care what the score of the game is he should have 15 to 20 touches every week aj dylan I think got the appropriate number of touches. Uh honestly, uh maybe in there's some games if you're up and you're you want to grind the clock down and second half he gets a few extra carries, but uh yeah, that's that's just befuddling to me. So I don't know. What what is your answer to that? Because I have no I answer. You know, I mean,
0: you're right, AJ Dillon no no issue with AJ getting the ball, but Aaron Jones needs to be touching that ball more. Um, I mean, that's just what it is. Figure it out. Um those guys clearly I thought that the offense the only time it truly looked functional was when they were getting touches outside of a couple Robert Tunyon plays. And and that was good news. I thought Robert looked fast. He looked athletic uh, when he was able to get out there. But um, I just think that the Packers are going to need to find a way to get Aaron Jones more involved. And again, score be damned. You know, he he can carve you up pretty quickly with the ball in his hand. So just surprised that eight touches total makes no sense. He needs to be double-digit every single week.
1: Yeah, and what the Vikings were able to do is once – the Packers were not able to establish an intermediate or downfield pass game. They were just – everybody was right. just pressing the Still line out. of scrimmage. And so that does make it a little bit more challenging. But that said, you get – I'll take my chances with Aaron Jones one-on-one, even mm-hmm. if in the flat, you know, if if Kendricks makes a play or, you know, so be it, if he only gets two yards on a, on a catch out in the flat here and there. But I, I like my chances with Aaron Jones out in space – being able to make a guy miss and pick up some chunk yardage and that's what you can do you got to spread this defense out that was one of the keys to the game that I said we need to spread this Vikings 3-4 defense out and make them have to hesitate just that split second they didn't have to do that they were pinning their ears back from every position and every level on the field in fact in the third quarter um and Dobbs I think in his first catch they they had a nice play call everyone on the Vikings thought they were running a a split screen and Mm -hmm. he splits out. He's wide open for a 15 yard gain. And so I'll give them credit. That's an example of, uh, you know, a a great design play and a really good use of it in that situation. Uh, But yeah, they needed to be able to utilize the quickness of Aaron Jones and and get him the ball in space. uh, Even if not every time he's going to get, eight to 10 yards uh, you've got to take your chances and the more touches he has the more magic he's going to make we've seen that over his career um, all of a sudden he breaks one and, and now you're in business so uh, yeah it's just really puzzling I, I don't quite understand I thought that that was a McCarthy thing <laughs> um, and coach LeFleur was going to bring a, a little bit more bounce and, and keep that um uh, run game and and the the, the check down option a, m- a bigger part of the offense uh, so i'm not sure if it's all the floor maybe aaron rogers needs to be able to take some responsibility for that too are there some checks or reads that he was making at the line uh, that was getting out of that as well i don't think we're going to get a straight answer for that mm-hmm. but i do think that we're going to get an immediate rectification of Aaron Jones only getting eight touches. I think it's pretty safe prediction to say short of an injury, knock on wood, Aaron Jones will get uh, probably close to, if not more than 20 touches next week.
0: Well, I'd like that. And I I sure would. And and Wags, uh, looking at the comments, our buddy John, John Stone says, after an awful prediction last week, I'm going to retire as a prognosticator. John, I think you had 40 to 10 Packers, if my memory serves. I liked it. I wish you were right. Don't retire. Come back, come back, and uh, and Thursday night we'll be making predictions for the upcoming game. Uh, Lee 86 offensive defense. You think both sides were vanilla intentionally, uh, maybe showing their hand too early? No, I just think they were not successful. Wags, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, they just and, and hey, actually, you know what? This is kind of, I know this isn't the question you're asking, Lee, but we've talked a lot about what the worth of preseason games are and it sure looked like that offense in particular maybe they could have used a couple series in in preseason game and preseason uh, two and three i'm not saying they needed to play the whole half but aaron didn't have any work in a game environment i, I know they had a lot of reps in practice but in a game environment he didn't have any work with these young receivers uh, maybe that would have been helpful um, maybe the calls are the, at the line of scrimmage with the offensive line and the checks would have been helpful just to get a couple series each game, get some tape, correct a few things. Um, and so I, I know we can't fix that now <laughs> and God forbid we jump ahead 12 months from now. I, I don't want to do, do that. We're not skip this season, but um, I think that's one that I'm keeping in my back pocket. I, I, is that a change that they make? next offseason. We had a lot of calls for based on how flat they were week one last year. Should they play this preseason? They chose not to. Mm -hmm. They wanted to play on the safe side. I get it. Avoid injuries. But, you know, look, every game's important in this league. And I'm not saying they threw threw away the game yesterday. But did they do everything right to prepare themselves? And these young players that haven't worked uh, with the quarterback for Week One. I I don't think you can say they did. So um so that's that's an existential question, and I get that we're not going to get an answer for that, and we're just gonna have to move forward. But um, certainly uh, they didn't get in the right flow. Uh, as there's no doubt about that. Uh, moving to another question here, David Henderson asked uh, guys. Hey, what do we do to fix a wide receiver situation and scheme better to get them open? Simpler routes early on. Uh, Dane, do you have an answer to this? I don't know if
0: we need to fix anything. It's I'd say protection. I'd say protection to the quarterback. I thought Aaron was running for his life a lot of the game and they're playing from behind, not able to establish a running game. We just established Aaron Jones wasn't getting the touches we'd hoped for. Um, so I think that that kind of can correct itself. We might be having a much different discussion. If Christian Watson catches that ball in the first uh, quarter there, he catches that balls off to the races. We're talking about, Holy smokes, Christian Watson, you know, he's the real deal. So I think let's temper our expectations. I think that, um, well, maybe not temper expectations. Let's have high expectations, uh, but they're going to need to execute and protect for the quarterback. And I think that Aaron's going to be able to, to uh, deliver to these wide receivers.
1: Yeah. And I mean, listen, uh, those two young guys, particular and Dobbs and Christian Watson, uh, they're going to have a high learning curve. Yeah. Right? So I, we'll see. I mean, they're going to hopefully we see some jumps early on in the season. Uh, to your point, Dane, I, I, I thought they were okay. They could, they need to be better. They were okay. Uh, Protection, I think is a great call. Uh, You can't really fix personnel and I don't know. I know Alan Lazard wasn't out there. So that's a part of it too. So I think that's,
0: that should be mentioned. Um, He's at least a security blanket, kind of wide receiver for Aaron. Listen, uh, he's not. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of what I was getting at with, you know, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb are kind of in the same vein. Uh, So I don't, Get on Twitter too often. Dane, usually you run all of our social media stuff. Sorry, Sorry, everybody. You do a great (laughs) job of it. No, don't apologize. Um, I jumped on after the game yesterday and just made the point that we're going to need those two young guys because they can get separation that some of those veterans just quite honestly can't quite get. And I'm not saying that Watkins or Cobb or Lazard aren't going to be important pieces to this offense, but You know, we saw yesterday they don't have the quickness and speed, I think, to quite create separation on their own. So getting to your question, David, those are guys that you do you do probably need to do a little bit more to scheme open. Um, Perhaps if Watson and Dobbs become true threats in the eyes of opposing defenses, that enables those crossing patterns to be a little bit more open. Uh, for those guys as well so that's the scheming them open portion of it Uh, but if they don't see those two young guys as a true threat to stretch the field then it makes the defense's job a heck of a lot easier uh, to cover those guys as well Um, you know it it just is what it is so I I don't think we need to panic Uh, these guys are going to get better they're going to get more in sync Um, so we don't need to overreact. Uh, however, they, they do need to improve. And, and, but I do agree with you, Dane. protection is going to be, I think the, the biggest point that we need to see.
0: Yeah, and John, John Dorn. Hey, John, good to see you, uh, just like everybody else here. Uh, but a lot of teams didn't have starters in the preseason. The Vikings didn't. I hear that. I think the difference that I see in that is that, um, you know, Jefferson and and Cousins and, and, those, and company have all played for a number of seasons. Yeah. Uh, it's Aaron hasn't played with these young guys, even Sammy Watkins. So I think that might be the slight difference. Maybe get some yeah. live reps with some of those young guys. Wags, tell me if you disagree. But that's kind of my thought process, even if it's a quarter think- in the preseason. Thank you for
1: clarifying that. That's yeah. exactly what I was trying to get at. Um, you know, I mean, heck, even Patrick Mahomes uh, played some some series in the preseason this this year. Similar thing. He had a couple of, uh, of guys that he knows well coming back. A bunch of new receivers, and you just, I know Aaron doesn't believe that the game reps in the preseason matter. I choose to think that they do matter. under the bright lights you've got fans in the seats you're in the stadium you've got an opposing team it's just even if the stakes aren't as high as a regular season game the stakes are a heck of a lot higher than tuesday afternoon practice so I, i i i we can't fix it we're gonna move forward they're gonna be better maybe they won't be at their peak performance this week against the Bears. Uh, Hopefully they play well enough to do what they have to do, Uh, but uh, they're going to be better. I I know they will. And I think this offensive line uh, will be better. We've got some, hopefully cross your fingers. We've got some uh, fortifications coming here. uh, That's going to improve the offensive line. I think uh, certainly Zach Tom is, is a guy that I'm excited about as well. So uh, just hold on. We'll see. It was one game. If this happened in week nine, Uh, we wouldn't have necessarily expected to go into Minnesota and get a win anyway. They, they played a good game. Honestly, the Vikings are probably a pretty good team Mm -hmm. is as much as I hate to say it. And, and they played well, they didn't turn the ball over. They only had two penalties, Uh, they played a very clean game. Packers played very poorly. And and I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah.
0: A couple more great questions. Then we're going to have to pay some bills here and, and do, do, you know, talk about some of our awesome sponsors, but uh, David's wondering about the Watson drop. Do you think that we went away from him? Um, I think it's a combo of a few things, um, but I don't think it was a purposeful getting away from Watson. I think Aaron, um, you know, was having a little bit of time seeing the field at a certain point, but I think that I wouldn't expect that to be a major hangover long-term. I think Christian Watson's going to be catching the ball. Wags, anything to add?
1: Uh, Not really. I mean, I think just looking at the snap counts too, um, he had surprisingly 40 snaps. So only Sammy Watkins had more with 41. Um, uh, uh, Christian Watson, you know, he, he got a couple of looks. Um, certainly they gave him the ball on an end around as well. Uh, so I, I don't think there was anything in particular. Aaron was trying to spread the ball around and just trying to find whoever he could to get open. And <laughs> they just never really got in that true rhythm offensively. And I think when Aaron gets in a real rhythm offensively, you'll start to notice the difference. Um, and that's where that intermediate to deep passing game really comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, Aaron Rodgers just isn't going to look his best. And that was, I think, the case yesterday. So yeah. I, I would say that has as much of an impact um, along with the aforementioned protection. You can't stress that enough. You just don't have time to throw. It's kind of hard for your speed guy to get open downfield.
0: So that's, that's no, that's awesome insight. And, uh, and then John, and then we're going to commercial. We're going to come back after our, our ads, uh, uh, from our awesome sponsors. And we're going to talk about the defense, uh, but wondering about the injuries there's a number of defensive guys, uh, John at um, looks like a concussion. So we'll see where he's at. Um, you know, when the Packers get back to practice, Chris Barnes, um, Looked worse, I think, than maybe it ended up being. Uh, they had an air cast on him taking him off the field, but it sounds like it's more of a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss time, but I was worried he broke an ankle or a leg or something whenever they bring out the air cast. So very good news, I think, on that front. Quay Walker, Packers rookie, stud inside linebacker. I really liked him playing around the field yesterday. Um, they're hopeful he could potentially play this week. Uh, as soon as this week. So those are the big injuries that I can recall. Kayshawn Nixon, cornerback as well, came in with a key tackle in the game. It looks like he hurt his shoulder. I haven't seen news on him yet, so let's hold our breath there. Um, but that's those are the injuries I can recall off the top of my head, Wags. Anybody else that you can re- recall?
1: I don't think so, and we don't know a ton. Obviously, no. the Packers don't release an injury report until Wednesday, and they're pretty mum on and- Details of injuries, anyway. Uh, but all things considered, uh, yeah, Coach Lafleur seemed to be pretty optimistic, uh, particularly on Chris Barnes and Quay Walker. So great uh, news! I, great I, news! Yeah, really I, I think yeah. I think we'll take it, considering what we saw. So um, absolutely. So Dan, let's let's jump over uh, to our sponsors and take a little bit of a break here. Let's first talk about draft of the NFL and the nfl's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started with DraftKings sportsbook so get ready for week two of touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins with DraftKings sportsbook uh this week new customers can bet you us five dollars Dane, and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly
0: yeah wags they sure can and uh, let me tell you you want more action Everyone, wags. Everyone can experience the thrill. Of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by ten at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses.
1: Yep, so, absolutely. So, so go to DraftKings, uh, download the app, and use promo code TPPN uh, only at DraftKings Sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details wags. all right and then can, yeah can you talk about is, these earbuds
0: man i, I mean yeah, i'm just going to get right into them um, we're talking about raycon folks uh, i've been listening to these buds uh, they're wireless earbuds they're incredible to use um, really really enjoyable they look they feel good they sound great wags how have you been liking yours so far I've got them in right now. I got to tell you,
1: I love them, crystal clear. I can hear you right. so much better uh, right. on the, which on I the like. Podcast. I like that, Wags. Yeah, legs. <laughs> yeah I, I, hopefully I don't feel like I have to yell because I can hear myself <laughs> talking as well. Um, Dane, I, I said it last week. One feature I really like is awareness mode. Uh, I tend to kind of zone out as I'm listening to podcasts or music and I'm walking the lab around and I'm sure there's people that say stuff to me and I'm just completely a bit oblivious uh, awareness mode um, allows me to instead of being mr. Magoo and just walking out into traffic <laughs> um, I can actually pay attention to my surroundings here, other people, while I'm still listening to that favorite podcast, or uh, listening to some great music. So, uh, Dane, these are awesome earbuds. I encourage everyone to go check them out. Um, and using our promo code, again, TPPN, uh, get a special offer, 15% off on earbuds or headphones uh, from Raycon. So, great offer, and we're very pleased to be able to work with them as well.
0: Yeah, man, they're the best. They're the best. Use those noise isolation too. Anytime you're on an airplane or you're traveling wags, it's all about the noise isolation. quiets everything right down.
1: Absolutely. So go to buyraycon.com slash tppn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash tppn. Score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash tppn. All right. So now that we've done paying some bills, Dane, I think we had a couple of other things to get into. So just breaking things down on the defensive side of the ball, since we just spent a a good chunk of time on the offense. Yeah, let's 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 break this down. So uh, big story of the day, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. porches us 184 yards most of that came in the first half two touchdowns as well through the air. um what's your take and and how do you think the packers adjusted defensively i i know it was a little bit late but um what's your breakdown of what happened out there with the defense yesterday and what's your concern level with that moving forward
0: well i i'm not concerned with the talent on the field wags but i'm pretty concerned with the the lack of a plan. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it, but so I get it. Joe Barry Packers defensive coordinator. He's a zone kind of scheme guy. I get that. And I think, and I understand that in moments, that's incredibly important. They're probably going to play that more often than not. But when you have, the individualized talent that this Packers defense has. I do not understand how Justin Jefferson just blows through coverage and finds that open spot. I thought, you know, you can't do it all game long. You can't play man to man, but, I thought in key moments, the fact that Jair Alexander wasn't covering Justin Jefferson was criminal. We saw him get one-on-one with him, and Jefferson actually had a push-off on Jair. Um, We didn't see a lot of that because they just didn't match Jair up individually with Jefferson enough. I was extremely disappointed. Um, in the the play calling. I just don't understand what the scheme exactly was. Watching the game yesterday, because if it's not take away the best player on the field, or at least try to minimize them, then I'm not sure what it is. And the Packers quite literally did the worst job against Jefferson as any team ever has, because they have the most yards he's ever had in an NFL career against the Packers yesterday. So I'm really frustrated that the Packers come out, all this vaunted defense, and they just didn't seem to have a good scheme, didn't have a good game plan. They didn't really throw the kitchen sink at the Vikings. So, um, you know, the offense, I kind of expected we're going to take some lumps this year, but the defense, I wanted to see more physicality. They seem confused in the defensive backfield for a number uh, of snaps too. I would see the guys throw their hands up after a play. And that's just, I don't know if that's on the guy or if that's on the coaching staff, but the guys need to know where to be. And that's, I guess my frustration, um, 30,000 foot, is this Packers defense just didn't seem to have a, 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 an exact plan on how to attack this Vikings offense.
1: Yeah. Listen, Justin Jefferson is a phenomenal player. Absolutely. I don't need to say that, but let's just get that out of the way. Uh, he's he's going to get open and he's going to make plays. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Jair covering them um, the whole, I get that. They, they are going to play a heavy zone scheme. I think what we have to understand though is yes. just because you're playing zone doesn't mean you drop into a quadrant and don't cover there <laughs> So Fair. why my frustration was not only that Justin Jefferson had that big of an impact, but I think more than that, it was, why is he the one that the defense seems to be losing yeah. in the yes. watch? Like he's the one guy that someone should be paying attention to you on every play. And listen, if Justin Jefferson just beats you and makes a great catch over the middle, uh, over the top, and you're running stride for stride and you're doing everything you can do and just at mm-hmm. a physical level, they just make a perfect uh, pass and catch. I'll tip your, I'll tip my cap. But when great. there's no one within 10 or 15 yards of the dude, that's when I've got some grave concern. That's, that's the thing that really kind of, was just I think getting me pretty steamed up yesterday in the first half is how can that guy be the one that's getting that open <laughs> if it was KJ Osborne we said before yeah, the game in the right. preview I said KJ Osborne I, I wasn't really worried about KJ Osborne the player I was worried about him because he they would be so focused on the talents of Justin Jefferson and even Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook that that's the kind of guy that you could almost understand mm-hmm. you wouldn't enjoy seeing him get wide <laughs> open but you you can almost wow. understand getting wide open i'll justin sleep jefferson. at night legs justin, <laughs> justin jefferson getting yeah. that wide open that i can't understand that makes no sense to me dane like yeah. it, you're lining up and there's got to be four guys on the defense that are saying okay i'm lined up on justin jefferson if he runs a crossing pattern, I, you're, you better be watching where Justin Jefferson number 18 is going because that's going to be your responsibility. I'll leave another guy open if I'm confused. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm running with Justin Jefferson. I'm not running with the other guy. So, so that team, I'm on a little bit of a rant now. That's what got me pretty riled up. I'm still riled up talking about it. I don't understand that at all. I I really would love to be a fly on the wall uh, as they were breaking down the 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 film because it just is befuddling to me uh so can they (laughs) yeah yeah but we've had this communication issues for a while I, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand that I'm not sure if it's a personnel thing this isn't a new defense now um coach Barry's not a new defensive coordinator for this team we've got a lot of guys come back um the defense wasn't atrocious but the fact that Justin Jefferson was able to do what he did against us yesterday is just inexcusable. So I just, I just got, it took,
0: it took four years of doing this podcast, but we finally got wags as Alan Iverson practice moment. We're talking (laughs) about, we're talking about Justin Jefferson, not KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, but I couldn't I couldn't agree more. It was a horrendous when he caught that first touchdown out of the backfield kind of in motion and he had five yards around him. I said, what are we doing? He's the one dude that can't be open. So to your point, it, it just didn't make sense to me how we're losing him and consistently losing him in coverage. I feel like at times we weren't even contesting those catches for him he's clean catching them like he's playing against air I don't care who it is Justin Jefferson or anybody else they're going to catch that ball but Jefferson just makes it so easy and then he's so hard to bring down it just it was a recipe for disaster and he just torched the Packers for what 184 yesterday it's unacceptable it cannot happen again
1: yeah and David's asking why didn't we stick Jair on him more and Dean you kind of answered that I think it's 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 a they're playing zone you can't Unless you're going to adjust the entire scheme of your defense. And sure, maybe you say they should have played more man. Perhaps they should have. But their primary play zone. And, and look, here's the thing. While, David, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing at all. I think the Packers rightfully have a lot of confidence in the other guys in this secondary. You look at down the line, Jair's clearly the top dog. No doubt about that. But we've been singing their praises for this secondary, specifically uh, with Eric Stokes and Razul Douglas. And quite honestly, I don't know that any of them individually played horrible. I'm not sure what exactly the breakdown was. Whose fault was it on each of those uh, situations? Because when you're playing zone, It's not one guy on Justin Jefferson. It could be two or three guys on Justin Jefferson. So it's a combination of factors, and certainly the communication needs to be better. Um, The game planning, I'm sorry, it might need to be a little bit better because if they don't know who their keys are uh, in certain personnel groupings, that's a game planning issue. So that needs to be fixed immediately uh, because if the best players on the opposing team uh, are not drawing the most attention, from the Packers defense. That's going to be a problem, no matter how much talent we have. Um, if they're not sticking to their keys and playing fundamentally sound football, uh, this defense might be okay, but they're not going to rise to the level that they're capable of or that we think they're capable of.
0: Yeah. I Did you get the impression I got, um, maybe I'm leading this question a little bit, but With the talent the Packers have on the back end, because I do have a lot of confidence in these DBs uh, for the Packers, but um, I feel like the Packers didn't unleash enough pressure or try to scheme enough pressure on Kirk Cousins yesterday in key moments um, just to get another guy uh, in his face. I I thought that the Packers, I mean, going back to the zone, they're playing the zone an awful lot, but I just feel like letting this defensive line pin the ears back with another guy coming for pressure and let the the Packers DBs fend for themselves against wide receivers man-to-man could have maybe been a little bit more fruitful. At least it would have created a little bit more urgency for Kirk Cousins. And the fact that he was able to largely sit back there in the pocket didn't help at all. And then he just kind of picked the Packers apart. I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more aggression from this Packers defense. That's, I guess, at the end of the day what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I totally get the sentiment. On the other hand, they were getting wide open with seven guys drop back and playing a light box. Um, So you send more guys, and if they don't get home, then you're really stacking it against yourself. Um, To some degree, perhaps, that's where some of the vanilla uh, part of their play calling on the defensive side came in. Um, I also would say that I think situationally it's really tough to dial up the pressure when you're playing from 20 points down. Yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, that's not saying, oh, just throw a let's throw in the towel. We can't do anything. That's not what I mean by that. It's just it really makes it hard because now the offense can really dictate terms. Mm-hmm. And because there's nothing that they have to do, they can run the ball. And if the defense makes a, a gamble and they get a tackle for a loss, you know, good for the defense. They'll be happy that uh, opposing team. They're not going to be happy, but they have no problem punting the ball and letting the clock run down uh, when they're up 20 points. So they don't really need to take unnecessary risks in that situation. And so when you're playing from behind, you can't dictate that tempo. And therefore, I think it really makes it a lot harder. Yeah, you can take some risks, sure. But I think you're probably putting a lot of stress uh, on the defense that's already having a little bit of of trouble. And that's when things can really get ugly and break down. So. Maybe that would have been worth the risk, but quite honestly, when the offense wasn't able to put more than seven points up on it the board, I, I'm not sure that the that the defensive coaching staff is really thinking that, you know, anything that they're doing is going to make much of a difference. I think they're just trying to keep it as close as they could, and and that might be the one silver of silverest linings is they did hold the Vikings to just six points in the second half, and three of those came off of the, the early Rodgers' um, Rogers. Uh, fumble. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, they they tightened things up. They made some adjustments, and um, so it wasn't the worst performance, despite the gaudy numbers from Justin Jefferson.
0: Wags, I'm ready to get this terrible purple taste out of my mouth after yesterday. Is there anything else? I I, I mean, I mean, if we're looking for another silver lining, special teams didn't look completely inept. I thought that that was good. Um, there was reasonable coverage yesterday. Another tweet I had was
1: um, mm-hmm. at least we don't have to call, uh, complain about special teams after this. One. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you and I yeah. are aligned there, Dane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's let's really quickly let's try to end this on a positive note. Mm-hmm. And Dane, um, let's look at our um, um, leap spirits, yeah. uh, cheeseheads of the week. So we want to look for like an uh, offensive and defensive um, player of the week on both sides of the ball. So, uh, Dane Leap Spirits of course is our, uh, sponsor and mm-hmm. you can go ahead and go out to, um, lots of stores and, uh, restaurants in Wisconsin, go to leapspirits.com and click on find Leap Spirits to find it. Um, uh, co-owned by Packers Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. So, offensive player of the week, Dane. Let's start there. Who are your nominations? I know it's not really a lot to uh go off of, but uh who do you think had the strongest performance on the offensive side of the ball?
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say I'm just going to say AJ Dillon. I thought he played a, a good game even when the Packers were down. He he was fighting for every yard out there. I thought he looked physical. He looked strong. There's a couple other guys that maybe are a little bit more under the radar, but um I thought AJ played a good game. He played strong. I think, you know, we we got to see a taste of what's to come from AJ Dillon throughout this season. He's just a professional back.
1: Yeah. I I think I could jump on board with that, that one. And and he had five receptions as well for 45, 46 yards. So um, yeah, it it wasn't, you know, a blow you away performance, but I think if you get, look, if, if you're getting, around 90 all-purpose yards on 15 touches and a touchdown from A.J. Dillon. Every week, you're going to take that every week of the season. So uh, from that standpoint, I think he was probably the guy that you said he did his job and and did everything he could. Was was grinding for yards a little bit in the first half, was able to get loose on a couple of runs in the second half as well. Maybe the Vikings defense was playing the run a little bit softer in the second half, to be fair. But um, I would agree with you on A.J. Dillon. Uh, for the offensive side of the ball. So on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Dane, I I had a couple of guys, but um, one of them uh, for me was my X factor, Quay Walker. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought he had a fine performance in his NFL debut before he had to leave with an injury. Vikings clearly were going after him. Uh, He had a lot of crossing patterns thrown his way. And uh, there was one that uh, Jefferson uh, beat him a little bit uh, out into the uh, wide flat. Um, that's not a matchup. He's going to win a ton, but he was still able to stick with it, make the tackle. Uh, to, uh, quite honestly, um, there are a number of other plays where he stuck a guy. Um, you know, he was physical, uh, he showed range. He showed speed. Um, And for a guy that's out there in, in his first game, he kind of popped off the screen a mm-hmm. little bit. And so I was very impressed with Quay Walker. Uh, so he was, he's one of the guys I'm thinking of, and I'm sure that there might be one or two other ones, Dane, but was there anyone else that you had on the defensive side that really stood out to you? I mean, the other
0: guy who like stood out, he does it every week is Rashawn Gary. He was really strong against the run too, but he, he's doing Rashawn Gary things, right? Like he's growing into his own. He's becoming a premier defensive player. But, Wags, for this purpose, I, I mean, I think Quay is the guy. I mean, you're right. Rookie, made a performance, big stage. He was not the reason the defense looked out of sorts. He looked like he had his head on his shoulders and was really solid tackler, too. Uh, something that, you know, we, we haven't always seen. Um, you know, he's a physical player. He's fast, sideline to sideline. So let's give it to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Devondra Campbell did his normal thing, mm-hmm. almost quietly got 11 tackles. 11 tackles. Um, Crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So he, he, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't think there was anything that uh, he did that really broke anything down. Um, Kenny Clark, I thought he had a pretty solid, performance a lot of pressures. Well, yeah, I think he had six yeah. pressures. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So I think, um, just going to throw those guys out there as honorable mentions as well, but, um, yeah, I think Quay Walker, Uh, Let's just give it to the young man. Uh, Really, really solid performance and hopefully something to build on uh, as we move forward.
0: And going back to the offense, there's a lot of uh, uh, big Bob Tunyon love in the chat right now. Um, I thought that he looked really fast coming back from that knee injury. So that's exciting to see. And, you know, another sneaky guy, same position group. Wags, I thought Deguara played. A really good game yesterday. Strong blocking. Um, I, I think I put it on our Twitter. He threw a hell of a block on one of those plays. Had a couple catches yesterday, but he just looks sound. Um, so that's another encouraging sign as he continues his, his NFL journey with the Packers. So there's there's optimistic things with this team, too. Uh, the sky isn't falling. They just need to put it together going into week two.
1: Yeah, and not to go back to the tie downs, but I agree with you on DeGuar. He yeah. seemed to pop. On the screen a little bit. I was shocked when I looked at the snap counts this morning. Mercedes Lewis led the tight ends in snap counts uh, and snaps. I would not have guessed that. No way. Uh, You know, and and no disrespect to Mercedes, like at all. But I I just didn't think he was out. I thought he had the least amount of snaps. Mm -hmm. And and I guess I'm not sitting there tallying him every play. But, um, yeah, I thought DeGuara uh, definitely had more. But DeGuara and Tyler Davis each had 15 uh, snaps and uh, it was Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon uh, that led the way in snaps at the tight end position so um you know balance there but um, completely agree with that nomination another young guy that we're gonna need to see probably continue to evolve and get more and more involved in this offense as the season goes forward
0: yeah so wags uh we record this on a Monday evening folks for every Sunday game for the pack. The, we will be doing a podcast uh, reviewing the game on Monday evening, and then we turn it right around. If they're playing on Sunday, we're doing a uh, recording on Thursday nights uh, previewing the next week's game. So every Monday, every Thursday for Sunday uh, football games for the Green Bay Packers this year.
1: Yeah, and 7.30. And those so that are watching us live right now on face, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, Uh, You don't need us to tell you this, but if you're listening later, you want to join the live and join the chat and and really interact. um, We'll be on any of those channels. Uh, Just search for Lombardi's Legends podcast and you can check us out, follow us. So thanks so much for joining those of you that were uh, in the chat tonight. Really level-headed discussion and and, uh, observation. So thank you for that. As always, be legendary and go go Pack Go! Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show sure with no mercy cutting no slack no
0: I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say